We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 36 months into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Uh, doing well. Glad to hear it. Shall we talk about the obvious today? Shall we talk about Donald Trump being arrested? Is it going to happen? Because that's the rave everybody's going on about. Oh my God, he's going to be arrested. He wants nationwide protests. He's calling for an insurrection. He's calling for a revolution. What are we going to do? The bottom line with that? Okay, let's say he's arrested. All right. Um, what's it matter? What, I mean, what, what, what's it matter? What, what is anybody going to do about it? Nobody's going to hold the government accountable for an overreach. So what's it matter? And going out and protesting, like Trump said, because he said on Truth Social, you should go out and protest this. Um, no, no, you shouldn't. No, I don't. I, I don't. It, I, <laughs> I mentioned this uh, in prep and I'm, I'm still I'm still undecided on this. But um, who exactly which side is Trump on exactly? Who, whose side is he on? Because he's telling the people uh, to go out and protest. The very same guy that uh, uh, president or, you know, previous president that had his residence kicked in um, and all of his personal effects rifled through. Uh, he was denied allowing his um, uh, lawyers to be there to make sure that the FBI wasn't uh, overstepping their grounds. Um, they went through... Uh, other people's personal items that had nothing to do with what they were searching for. And January 6th, you look at them, look at what's happened to the January 6ers. Uh, many of them are still in isolation. Uh, many of them have not seen trial yet. And yet trial. he wants us to go out there and trial. Protest. We're a long way away from a trial with these individuals because most of them haven't even been given an arraignment yet. Yeah. So he knows all of this. This is this is where I'm I'm hung up. He knows all of these things to be true, and is ha well supposedly he knows this is happening. I, we we give him the the benefit of the doubt because it does look like he cares about the American people. That does seem to be the case. So you would think he's aware of what's going on uh, to these Americans, at least uh, in, in the sense of what's going on with himself. So what what uh, guarantee, what uh, protection do I have to go out there and protest what what the government's doing when the Republican Party and Donald Trump can't do anything to protect me from the government, from overreach, from the violation of the First Amendment, 
there's nothing there to protect me. And then when they finally do arrest you and throw you into jail waiting for an arraignment or trial or anything, the Republican Party is nowhere to be found. No, nobody, no politician is out. I mean, you have, you know, like uh, Matt Gates or, you know, some of the other, you know, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You have a few of those out there, you know, uh, kind of really just whistling in the wind, really, um, because there's nothing being done. They're just out there uh, saying, oh, we, we have to pay attention. To but what's really going to be done? Nothing. So why should I go out there and protest what's being done to you when the axle just come down on me? So, nah, I, I, I'm I'm what side are you on here? That's a good point, because here's the same guy who says, look, We've got an obligation to show up out in front of the Congress on January 6th because that's the day they're going to certify this sham election. That's what he said. And look what happened. So now you're calling for nationwide protests because of, I mean, what what, what is this even all about anyway? What, this is about the uh, the porn star again? So there was a misuse of like campaign funds to pay off somebody, uh, some porn star or something, as if that's some kind of a revelation within politics in and of itself. Because that kind of thing goes on all the time. As far as I'm aware, um, that's basically the argument right now is um, I honestly I haven't looked into great detail on this because um, I don't care. And the Ameri like and I don't mean I don't care. I care that we had a president that has had we don't go after the previous president. We don't use the government to go after the previous presidents. We don't do that. We don't go after the previous administration unless there was some very clear legal like wrongdoing. Like, for example, uh, you, you were doing some dealings like, I don't know, selling uranium to enemy countries or, um, you, you know, you were um, uh, found to have been selling um hardware to other uh enemy countries like I, I don't know like um multi-million dollar drones that have stealth tech on them and just landing them in iranian airfields or uh you know things like that i i'm i'm okay with addressing legally afterward because those are arguably treasonous yeah i i'm just I, I i don't care there's nothing i can do about it so we're expected to go out and protest what exactly what, what, what exactly is this going to prove? I mean, we all know that we have problems in our election integrity systems in and of themselves, right? We already know that. We haven't fixed these problems. So quite frankly, it doesn't matter who's being arrested or, or, or what. None of that matters. If Trump gets arrested, then Trump gets arrested. It's, even if it's a sham, it doesn't matter because the election integrity is not intact. So there's no point. So we're going to go through this debacle now. Should we even pay a mind to it? That's that's the thing, because here, here's what the so-called alternative media are talking about today. Why was hush money paid? I, again, what? why? Why do we care? What does this matter about anything? Everything is leading towards the 2024 election. We haven't fixed the problems of the 2022, yes, I said that, and the 2020 elections. And you know what? Quite frankly, I think we should go back further than that. We should start overturning and auditing elections of the past and find out just how long it's been since we've had an honest election in that country. I think that's a pretty good place to start. But see, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that from the Republican Party. You're not going to get that from, from Mitch McConnell. You're not going to get that from uh, people like um, Lindsey Graham. You're not going to get it from these guys because I bet if you're to start looking back, you're going to find out that a lot of those people probably aren't even supposed to be there. 
you're probably going to find out that Nancy Pelosi has maybe won, I don't know, two, three elections in her entire career. Same thing with Feinstein, same thing with Waters, the usual suspects, Charlie Schumer. So we can't do that. We can't upset the uh, the establishment. We can't upset, upset the status quo, which leads us back to today. Marjorie Taylor Greene, not really a fan of hers. Something wrong with that one. I don't know what it is. Don't know. Same thing with Matt Gates. Something wrong there. Can't put my finger on it. I am rapidly, rapidly losing faith in the congressman from my state, Jim Jordan. And the reason I say that is because he goes on TV, right? He's got his whole committee or whatever, weaponization of government committee or judiciary committee, whatever it is, goes on TV, talks a great game, talks to, you know, the talks, the talk on, on Fox News to Tucker and, and Waters and whoever in the hell else he goes on. He sits down in front of the cameras on his committee in Congress, rolls his sleeves up and starts shouting. And he's not wrong in the things that he says. I mean, he, like I said, he talks a good talk. He asks all the right questions. At least I think he does. I don't think he goes far enough in a lot of cases, but nonetheless, at least somebody's bringing attention to it. Same thing with Senator Josh Hawley. They, they bring attention to these things, but nothing ever gets done. Senator Rand Paul, again, with the Fauci thing, asks all the right questions, but nothing ever gets done. In the days of old, these people would be clapped in irons and hauled away. It would literally be sergeant at arms, arrest that man, get him out of here. And these people just skate right out the back door and they go to lunch or whatever it is when the cameras are off. And then they'll go on whatever, uh, you know, ridiculous mainstream media network and they'll they'll talk their whatever and say, oh, look, this is just a witch hunt. And we all know that it's it's uh, it's nothing. And yeah, we're, we're going to we're going to move on. And that's what we deal with. So we don't have enough political prisoners in America already. And make no mistake, that's what they are. We don't have enough of this already. So now we got to have more. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not interested in any kind of a, um, shall we say, a, um, a game set match, because I feel like that's what this is. I feel as though that people, good people, are being set up to fail. And I feel that way across the entire spectrum here recently, as of recently. I mean, we all know that there's something that's not right with the Russia-Ukraine thing, right? We all know there's something wrong there, but we can't quite put our finger on it. And truth be told, I can't quite put my finger on it either. I don't know what's going on in there. I, I explained it last week. I don't know what's going on in there. It is a real war. I have no doubt about that. People are dying in there on both sides. And that's a tragedy. There are real citizens in there, civilians being displaced. Believe me, I'm seeing them here where I am. So I understand that there is a, a real humanitarian crisis that's happening here. I feel as though we're all being fed a, 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 a well-choreographed television production saga. That's what it seems like. You know, I went back last night and Bruce, do you remember when, when Zelensky went to the uh, the UK the last time and he met with Sunak in that airplane hangar and they were standing in front of the tank and, and all the rest of it, right? They were, they were standing there and they were taking questions from the media and the one reporter, she asked for a hug and, and all that stuff, right? Do you remember that? Yeah. I do. Yeah. 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 Well, I pulled one of those clips and I just want you to take a look at it, right? I'm not going to run any audio, but I pulled one of those clips last night and, and this is what it is. Now, when I see the look, now, I, I mean, I'm good at, at reading people's facial reactions, right? I, I've, got, I've got experience in, in that, in understanding when someone is deceiving me, when someone is sitting across the interview table from me and they're lying to me. I can see that in a person. That's not something that you develop overnight. That's not something that you can be trained in and you're effective at it. That's something that takes years in order to be able to see that. And when I see this, 
when I see this, not, not Zelensky, I'm talking about, which he's bad enough, but this Sunak character, when I see this guy, all my alarm bells and all my red flags are like waving and going off and ringing all at the same time. When I see this guy's face, right, just watch his face. I, you don't need to see, the, you don't need to hear the audio. Just watch his face. Now he's talking to Zelensky here. You're going to see him switch over to Sunak. Look at this guy's face. Now, is there something wrong there with this guy's face? Right, the camera is kind of panning to, to Zelensky, but he's going. It's going to pan back over here in a second. But there's something that is not right with Sunak. This whole thing, and they were laughing when they were walking out with their uh, their pilot helmets on and everything, their crew helmets on after that. But this whole thing, the, this whole thing is just wrong. Do, do you get the same feeling, or is it just me? Just looking at his at his mannerisms and and everything that he's doing. Well. It's difficult for me to make a um, unbiased opinion because it's a politician, and I already have. Uh, w when it comes to politicians, my my default is they're so crammed full of BS that anything that comes out of them is exactly that. It's it's a lie, or or it's something to benefit their political agenda. They may be telling the truth in one moment, but it's an there's an ulterior motive. There's a, um, this is good for me politically. There's only a handful of people that I have seen actually be principled uh, when it comes to, you know, politicians that actually believe what they say and, and are at correction. There's many of them that I think believe what they say. It's just they're full of BS again. Um, and bearing in mind, bearing in mind, these people, I'm sorry to interject, but bearing in mind, keep keeping in mind with this, these are all people that have been through these institutions. And I'm not talking about the educational institutions. Those are bad enough. They're compromised enough. I'm talking about they've been through the Young Global Leaders Program of Klaus Schwab and his World Economic Forum. They've been through those programs. They know. They've been trained. You notice they all talk in the same cadence. They all have the same mannerisms nearabouts. But this one, this guy, this guy stands out to me more than any of the rest of them, right? I mean, I can I can pick up on like Dan Andrews or whatever from from uh, you know the premier of uh, Victoria in Australia. I can pick up on that. I expect these types of responses from say like uh, Justin Trudeau or a Carista Freeland or a Boris Johnson or or an Emmanuel Macron. This guy, there's something all wrong with this guy. This one just it stands out to me, and I don't know why. So one of the things I remember, I remember how he was talking about there was there was a video that we played where he was talking about who he's friends with. And basically all the people that he talked about being friends with were all elite. It, it was nobody that was an average person. He doesn't even know how to interact with someone that's an average person. So to that being in this position, he's talking to average people. He doesn't know how. He's, well, it's a facade. It's all fake. There were two videos. I, and I know the one you were talking about. He was very young. He was sitting with his father. And he says, I've got uh, aristocratic friends. I've got um, uh, rich friends. I've got working class friends. Well, not working class. And then he laughs. So there was that one. And then he did a photo op on Christmas Eve where he was serving dinner to the homeless. And he asked the homeless man that he was serving a meal to, have you thought about working in finance? And he says, look, I'm just trying to find a place to stay for the week. And he says, so you haven't thought about working in finance? Case in point. I mean, that is literally he has no concept of what it's like to live as us peasants or uh, the peons in society. He has no idea what it's like. He's only lived that life. So I think all of the all the all that we see is just a facade. It's fake. Now, that could be 
all that you're 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 seeing and catching on to is that it's just fake. The entire thing's a sham. It's a lie. The entire thing. So that's very possible uh, that, that that that's what's going on. But he's also selected. Why? Why was he selected? Is it just because he's a, a dupe? Uh, he he does what he's told. I mean that that could very well be all it is there, and there yeah. could be more to it, but we don't know. It, it doesn't have to be. You will be happy to know, based on everything you just said, you will be happy to know that uh, they were able to get out to his private residence and get the new system installed in his home. So he has the independent heating elements for his private swimming pool. Uh, you, you'd be happy to know that that was done over the weekend. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good because that taxpayer uh, expense. I'm we're not. We're not allowed to have, like in New York, you're not allowed to have gas-operated anything anymore uh, because climate change. And San Francisco. And they're having, and yeah, and he's having new heating elements installed into his pool. Huh. Yeah. What was, and uh, put, what was that about? And put on you know, an independent, him? yeah, and put on an independent network. So in case there's, you know, a, a power outage, he's still going to have a, a heated swimming pool in his right, residence. Right, So Yeah, so... Is it, what was it? He has no concept of interacting with the average person. Yeah, that just kind of uh-huh. solidifies uh-huh. the point. He's he's so disconnected from reality. Something wrong with this whole thing, and I can't put my. I I think I can put my finger on it. I think I can put my finger on it. But we're having we're having trouble at the moment running all the leads down that need to be run down. But I th- I think that I can put my finger on it, but I'm not I'm I'm not sure of that yet. So I need to do some more digging. Do you have a theory, possibly, before we move on? Let's kind of throw in maybe maybe they're instituting kind of a uh, we've talked about it with the social credit system and all of that. Maybe it's something on the lines of they're instituting the um, what was what was the upper class that was uh, the, sovereign the, the social class. credit that we were talking sovereign so- class. Thank you. That's yeah. that's what it was. Sovereign class. Maybe maybe this is an example of uh, them just uh, showing the public this is what you get if you are in the sovereign class. You're well, you're completely yeah immune to all of yeah. the. It's kind of like it's we use a lot of Soviet Russia and and past examples. Uh, you look at Soviet Russia, you had the elite, uh, elite, you had the, uh, the people that were working in like KGB and those kind of things that were very well off. I mean, they were basically living a lavish lifestyle, whereas everybody else was peasants. I mean, they, they didn't even have in many situations running water or a toilet or any of those kind of things. They still had outhouses. Um, but yet the others were living lavish lifestyles. Maybe, maybe it's just something more on the... It's the typical age-old um, nobles robbing the um, average person, the peasant, and and just maybe it's just something as simple as that. Possibly. Could just be that. I'm not sure. But they will sell it in the initial stages, though, by the way, to your point. They will sell it that way. They'll say, oh, look at this person. They've got whatever the social credit score is and and they've got this and they've got that and and this is what you can have they'll market it just like one of these ridiculous uh, kardashian people or something you know it'll be one of those those social media influence type things and that's what you'll strive to be and they think that that's what it'll be it, it's like the hunger games really in in reality if that's i mean it, it's literally turning into that because you're gonna eat bugs or, or something to that effect before we get too far i, I just want to know the proper answer to that is no. You're going to eat bugs? No. That is the proper answer. But anyway. I, I agree with you. I mean, it's like what I said last week. My answer is no. 
my answer has been no, and it's going to stay no. And there's no amount of whatever. It's going to twist my arm to say, yes, it's not going to happen. Before that happens, well, I, <laughs> it's a family show. We're not going to go there. Well, I, I sorry, I, I want to I really hammer this one in. We need to stop being so polite and just um, sitting idly by and allowing things to happen. And we need to just say no and don't comply. There's a lot of things you can do to uh, civil disobedience, as the word is, but that's literally us saying, no, we're not going to do that. And we've seen some great videos of um, people saying no in the uh, in the case of like the 15 minute cities that are being instituted in the UK. There's a lot of people that are standing up and saying no and being civilly disobedient. Um, some less so where they were cutting down power poles or light poles that had cameras on them. Uh, it was light poles, not power poles. That was my misspeak. But um, technically, that's not that that's damaging um, property. But well, they're kind of damaging your life by doing what they're doing yeah. illegally. So, yeah, like they're, they're not consulting the people. So if you don't consult the people, I don't really feel sorry for you in that sense. I don't. Um, let's you, you get yeah, what let's you just say if I'm a judge. If I'm a judge that is overseeing that, I'm going to be like, eh, you shouldn't have put there's it nothing there. here. It, yeah, you shouldn't just, have put it there. You shouldn't, Sorry. Have, you shouldn't have been doing that. Yeah. That's that's an illegal placement of a camera. Sorry. I just, you know, it's blocking the motorway yeah. or something like that. You know, it's what it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of which, uh, do you know that, that Putin is making fun of our Western leaders? You know that? He's, he's criticizing our Western leaders. It's almost like he's he's trying to take our side. Doesn't it seem like that? It's almost like he, he's trying to, yeah, he sympathizes with us, you know, the disgruntled people here in the West. Mm. It's almost like that's a, mm. it's a part of what he wants to do. It's, it's almost like it's a, it's a strategy. And, you know, I, it fascinates me how many people in the quote alt media, I'm doing the air quotes, it, it fascinates me how many people think that that's what he genuinely means. And I, I can't get over that. I, I cannot get over that. And like we're we're so wrapped up. We're so wrapped up in politics here now that if we're like we're we're looking for one voice, one voice. It's come to this. We're looking for one voice outside of the system. Does this sound familiar? As a voice of opposition and reason. Bruce, can you think of any other time in modern history when something like that might have happened? Um, well, uh, first of all, what day is it? Um, and the, the second of all, um, just look at the Republican Party here in the U.S. Uh, if there's anyone that's outside of the system that stands up and says just something that hints at them being conservative or having a conservative idea, they are like they turn into fangirls immediately they're swooning over the, the the thought that this person would be um on their side it is they are so it's it's literally the dude um that uh never was asked the prom or asked anyone of the prom or whatever and they're just desperate for that you know attention from a woman that's what the republican party is they are so desperate so yeah that that's exactly what's going on uh and and yeah i do see what you're saying there it's pretty sad that that's what we've been reduced to on the so-called conservative side of the aisle i even hear people here that have big followings they publicly come out and say you know what russia is not the enemy oh you people have no idea what the hell is actually going on if you actually believe that vladimir putin has said that the west is trying to quote hold back moscow and beijing's development as xi jinping landed this afternoon for a three-day visit to the kremlin trying to hold back their development 
We spent the last 35 years building them up. What exactly are we holding back? We've been doing grain shipments to the Soviet Union since, I think, before the war ended. We had the Lend-Lease program. Of course, if you look at Russian history, that never happened. We've had the stealing of technology by Russia. We've had the encroachment of our borders. Oh, yes, I said that. I'm going to say some things that are very unpopular to the people on the, quote, right side of the aisle. Oh, yes, I said that. Let me explain. You always hear these talking points that Russia is encroached by or is being encroached on by NATO or the U.S. is encroaching on Russia. You know, you always hear that. That's, a, that's been a rolling talking point for the last 10 years. You ever think about where that talking point comes from? Now, let's look at this in a logical sense, okay? Let's look at this in, in the terms that they don't want you to look at. Let's look at Central and South America. Who has infiltrated Central and South America for the better part of the last half century? It would be Russia and China. I'm pretty sure, unless, I, unless I'm mistaken. Who infiltrated communist Cuba and used it as a surrogate state? Well, that would be Russia. Who has more or less infiltrated Canada going all the way back into the early 90s. Well, that would be communist China. And if you don't believe that, they, they took over the organized crime in Canada. And case in point, anybody can go, on, go and look up something called Project Sidewinder. That was actually classified until the early 2000s. It's declassified now. You can read it online. How the Chinese triad gangs went in and muscled everybody else out. The same thing that the Russians did, or the Soviets did, in Eastern Europe and in South America. Russia has 11 time zones. We actually border Russia with Alaska. You know, the thing we bought from them that they say we didn't buy, they only leased it to us. You know that? We bought it from them in the 1800s for $24 million, I think it was at the time. It was a good price. So I don't understand. When, when somebody says the U.S. and its allies are encroached, uh, encroaching on Russia, well, what are they doing to us? What are they doing with the, uh, the, the mountains and mountains of illegal narcotics that are flooding into Western countries? Where do you think that's coming from? You think it's coming from South America? You think it's being run by those countries? You think it's being run by the Eastern European bloc countries? I don't think so. You hear this talk now about how America needs to go to war with the, the Mexican drug cartels. In a way, I'm not against that point. I'm not against that point. I mean, if you think about it here, we're losing what in America? 100,000 a year due to the opioid epidemic? Mexico can't seem to get a handle on that problem. Why? Because, well, Mexicans are own lock, stock, and barrel. So are our people, quite frankly. I think it's a talking point. Everybody wants to talk about the most obvious thing, right? Lindsey Graham goes out and says, well, we need to go to war with the Mexican drug cartels. Okay, Lindsey, I'm with you. How about the people that employ them? Do you want to go there? Do you want to go to war with those people? I haven't heard any politician say that. Do you want to go to war with the people that launder the drug money for the cartels? You want to go to war with them? It doesn't matter if you go to war with the drug cartels because they'll buy the next cartel and the next one and the next one and the next one. And if they don't have control of that cartel, they'll get control of it or they will wipe it out and create a new one. It's a never ending proxy war. You never hear anybody that wants to go after the actual problem. Nobody wants to admit the fact publicly anywhere that the opioid issue is coming from communist China and Russia. Nobody wants to admit that. Nobody wants to admit that the crack epidemic of the 80s and 90s, of which Senator Joe Biden, go figure, was the biggest proponent of that legislation. Guess where all of that came from? The Soviet Union. So uh, again, who, who's encroaching on who here? Who's flooding who with hordes and hordes of illegal migrants? I, wh wh whatever term we're using this week. Who's using that? By the way, that's another tactic they use. They're also using them to carry the drugs across in the southern border of the U.S. So until we get a handle on these actual problems, which I believe that we first have to actually admit to ourselves that that's what the actual problem is, I don't see 
how going to war with the Mexican drug cartels are actually going to solve anything. Though I do agree with the sentiment, it doesn't fix the actual problem. The same thing goes for uh, this this continued talking point of, oh, well, uh, the West is encroaching on, on Russia and China. Uh, the West is escalating in, uh, in the South Pacific or whatever. I, I love how that goes. North Korea fires missiles off like at Japan, over Japan, and they say publicly, uh, if you shoot them down, then that's an act of war, but you're escalating. It's incredible how this gets turned back on itself every single time. Then the Mexican president, did you see what he said last week? Which he was, he was honest when he said, the fentanyl, that's not coming from here. And he's right. It's not coming from there. Check out the port in Tijuana if you want to know how it's getting in there. I'd say that's a pretty good place to start. And look at who bought that port. And look at who built the superhighway using Mexican contractors from Tijuana to the U.S. border. Look at who owns that. That'd be a pretty good place to start if somebody wanted to look into it, if someone were so inclined. The Mexican president says, look, the fentanyl might be coming across or going across the southern border into the U.S., but it's not coming from Mexico. Well, thanks, Mr. President. Thank you, El Presidente. We appreciate you for clearing that up. So where's it coming from? You going to tell us that? The U.S. needs to fight the drug epidemic by imposing family values. Well, I'm not going to disagree with that because, well, quite frankly, the same people that are feeding us the drugs are the same people that have destroyed our families. So again, I will reiterate, nobody wants to fix the actual problem. Nobody wants to go after the real people behind the curtain because, well, we have entrenched policies which, you know, if you think about the bureaucracy, you know, entrenched policies, things that have been kind of in there for a little bit. Think of the status quo, right? Entrenched policies, which cause institutional misconceptions. Oh, no, sorry, that's that's not happening. We're not paying attention to that. Well, what does that give you a causeway for? Political convenience, doesn't it? So for the sake of political convenience and for the sake of, of peace and stability and geopolitical stability, we can't talk about that. We can't go down that road because we have a, a nice working relationship with the communist bloc because we have a, a nice fat cat business deal because we've sold our people out. We really don't care what they do. They want to ship in some drugs and kill some people. That's fine. We don't care if we're going to ship out 10,000 jobs. It doesn't matter. It's OK, because the people that are shipping the money in, well, they're going to donate to your political campaign. They're going to make sure you get reelected. Right. They're going to make sure that you've got a a voting system that just doesn't fail you, aren't they? Uh-huh. So again, nobody wants to rock the boat. Nobody even wants to mention the fact of what the real problem is. Everyone wants to look on the surface. No one wants to dig. No one wants to point out the actual problems. You can show me these um th these Congress people, you know, the Matt Gateses and the Marjorie Taylor Greens. That's fine. I've not heard any of those people talk about a real issue yet. I mean a real one. They talk some nice stuff on the surface. They do. But I've not heard one question about where's this stuff actually being quarterbacked from, let alone how it's getting into the U.S. Uh, apart from that, we have to recognize the fact that we don't even have institutional agencies that want to look into it. And anybody that does, they're defunded, fired, whatever, or, or reassigned, and their career is basically over. So I'm open to suggestions, but until we have actual problems themselves being presented before we even get anywhere near solutions on how to deal with them, we have to recognize them first. I don't really think, um, as you said, I don't think, at least in the political apparatus, anybody's going to be willing to try and um, identify those problems. You alluded to it. Um, too much money. Um, we have a crisis on the border. 
Um, my if you if you donate to my campaign or you reelect me, I am going to continue fighting to try to secure that border. And they just keep pushing that. They just keep pushing that button. Or um, you know, before that, it was uh, I'm going to fight you know abortion or I'm going to fight uh, for your gun rights or I'm going to fight for whatever. Um, Obamacare. That's another example. We're going to fight against Obamacare, and then it turned out to be repeal and replace. Um, but anyway, uh, and then they did nothing. It's a cash cow. They just use it to exploit you, to convince you that, um, no, they're, they're really out to try and help you. They're not, they're not out to, you know, make a buck or any of those kind of things. Um, no, this is too much money. There's too much money involved in this. Um, the whole Ukraine, Russia thing right now, uh, there, there's too much political, uh, capital to be gained here. There's too much, uh, you know, you, you support Ukraine or whatever, because that's what supposedly the people are for, you know, supporting Ukraine and all of this. And, you know, we do support the Ukrainian people that are basically refugees now. We hate it for them. We would like to send some kind of like humanitarian aid and, you know, that, that sort of thing to them. Um, I have issue with sending over our supplies for war, but yeah, whatever. What, what's, what's a few billion dollars amongst, um, friends, I guess question mark. Anyway, I don't see any kind of change happening when it comes to the political system, other than there's going to be a cleaning out. Uh, what I would like to see is a cleaning out. I Keep in mind, I'm, I, I would love to be able to correct everything and get everything functioning the way it's supposed to be. Both sides of the aisle are pushing for a purge of the, the political system. I don't mean the, the movie type purge, I mean, or TV show, whatever it was. I don't mean that kind of purge. I mean, you know, just a cleaning out. We're going to see a clean out one way or another. But one side is going to be they're going to purge all people that are for the Constitution, that are for the people, and they will be replaced by either leftists or that entire system will be replaced altogether and it'll just be AI ran by some corporation or something like that. That's kind of more what I'm leaning towards. It'll be going that to happen. with a bias of what you said before. Exactly. The one I would like to see is we, um, I, I, I hesitate saying it to this level, but at this point I would, uh, we need to start having like, uh, basically McCarthy hearings, you know, when he was trying to hunt down all the, uh, communists and all may not be a bad thing. Maybe, which, maybe if, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't want, I'm uneasy about that, but maybe we should have. To be fair, just on those hearings. There's one very important thing to take away. Actually, I'll tell you what, there's two very important things to take away from that, at least in looking at it in retrospect, okay? McCarthy wasn't wrong. The people that were up there that were on that panel that were being questioned or hounded, however you want to look at it, by him with those TV cameras on, none of those people that were sitting there being accused, none of them denied it. That should speak volumes. We wouldn't know until later. This is something else people can go and look up if you're so inclined. These are very important. This is history that I'm about to send you to. Go and look up the Venona Papers. I've mentioned those before on this podcast. It's been a long time. But all of these people that 
McCarthy was accusing, I'd say most of them, if not all of them, were actually listed in those papers. And what were the Venona papers? The Venona papers were documents held by the Soviet government that showed every single compromised person within the United States, within entertainment, within education, within sports, within any kind of uh, government or, or, you know, bureaucracy, anything like that any kind of social organizations, whatever. These are people that were compromised. These are people that were doing the bidding of uh, of the Russian intelligence services, state intelligence services. Again, they were called the Venona Papers with a V, right? Starting with a V, Venona Paper. We didn't know that until after the <clears throat> collapse, I do that, you know, air quote thing, collapse of the Soviet Union. We didn't know that. Just like we didn't know that then Senator Joe Biden led a special envoy to the Soviet Union in 1979. And said to them, we agree with what you're doing here, but for the sake of of me being in politics in America, I I have to publicly criticize you. So you're going to hear that from me. But yeah, I, I agree with what you're doing here. Do whatever you want. What's Biden doing now? Pretty much doing the same thing, isn't he? Publicly criticizing the Russian government, isn't he? Because he's doing what he said he would do. Joe Biden's not lying when he criticizes Vladimir Putin. None of these Western leaders are lying because nearest I can tell, they've probably all made that same agreement in one way or another. That's why I think that we're being fed something with entertainment value. Political theater. It's yeah, exactly I, what I, it is. I, I agree. I, I, I think that's what's uh, going on anyway. Um, other than um, Trump being arrested and, uh, you know, all that fun stuff, uh, there's not really anything in the, in the um, headlines today. All the stuff that I was seeing is more uh, <laughs> gossip level. That's news, Bruce. I mean, that's news. Celebrity gossip. That's news. That's news. Hey, oh, by the way, Credit Suisse is gone. Did you notice that? Yeah, that's um, in most of of the aggregators out there. They haven't been pointing that out. No institution that's nearly 200 years old. You think that that would be a headline somewhere? No, it's not even mentioned. Sorry. What's Credit Suisse? What is that? Never heard of it. We're going to go ahead and kick out of here. So it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless and good night.